Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting still and having an empty mind. The journey is such a beautiful thing because we are all on a journey. You want to make sure you have some kind of distribution plan, or at least have an idea of it, because you can make this really amazing film and it only gets seen by your family and friends. Old Hollywood is still intact. Every horse runs hard, but when they win, and they know it. They've got this little sass about them. It was pretty rough. I had to go into the water and with my med pack, swim to the beach, treat these guys, put them on my back, swim out to the helo. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen those before. And I said, what are those? And before I could even finish the sentence, she said, oh my God, you didn't touch them, did you? Even if monarchs go away and we never see one again, because there never will be monarchs again if they die out, it is just a little indicator of larger threats my dad said, so what were you guys doing in the desert? I said, we were taking nude photos. Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope you had a great week since the last time that we got together. Before we get started, I want to wish every dad a very happy belated Father's Day. That was yesterday and I had a great time getting together with my dad yesterday. He is the person I think, well, it's funny because I always think about my dad as being the most adventurous of my parents. He flew an airplane, a glider, rode motorcycles, was, you know, this huge outdoors guy, but my mom was just as adventurous really outdoorsy. She loved bicycle riding. She got her license, her motorcycle license as well. So I think they just really played off of each other really well. And I do credit him with some things like, you know, he taught me how to fish. He taught me how to fly an airplane. And I've mentioned that airplane before. It was a Citabria, which backwards is aerobatic. So it was an acrobatic plane. And I learned how to roll that plane. I learned how to do loops in that plane. I never did the death spiral. That was something that he would do. He would fly straight up until the engine died and then he would turn it down towards the earth and put us into a death spiral, turn on the engine again and then pull out of it. It was just like so much fun. We went to so many places. We would decide that we were going to have breakfast on Catalina Island, lunch in uh, Santa Paula. You know, we would just fly around to different airports and some Sometimes it was just to have a meal at the airport restaurant. Sometimes it was to go and do something like there were these yearly fly-ins at Watsonville, which is farm country up north. And I have so many great memories. The base that we were on had some sort of military association. I, I don't know which group it was from the military, but I know that we saw the cadets marching around. There was this big Boy Scout breakfast that we would go to and they'd make pancakes and the whole spread and the strawberries because there were so many amazing farm fields nearby and these strawberries were the size of your hand and they would serve them up with whipped cream piled higher than your head and so these were the fun adventures that we would go on with my dad. I remember quite early on he wanted us to all go bike riding and <laughs> we had these you know, if they had three speeds on it, I would be really surprised. I think that they were single speed bikes. And we lived in the South Bay. If anybody's familiar with the Palos Verdes Peninsula Loop, we would do part of that. And it was straight uphill on Palos Verdes Drive East. 
So we would start off where we lived near Torrance and go up Palos Verdes Drive East. Halfway up that hill, there's a deli there. It's called Francesco's. And we would get sandwiches, eat, and then turn around. And now going back down the hill was a lot of fun and super treacherous, you know, but I don't think as kids we thought about that. He really instilled this um, a lack of fear in us as kids, you know, with the airplane, with basically bombing this hill and not dying. Um, there was another time where my grandmother lived in Norwalk. So we rode our bikes from the Torrance area all the way to Norwalk and back. And we would just do things like that, hikes, just a lot of fun things. So he really instilled this love of nature and the outdoors and challenging myself a lot. So I really want to wish him a happy Father's Day every day of the year. He's an amazing person, and I'm really glad that he's in my life. I got such an amazing response from last week's um just me talking episode that I'm going to go ahead and do that again today. There's probably going to be many more of these. I will still have guests, but I think I'm going to do a few of these just because they seem to be a lot of fun. And I'm probably going to be talking about a lot of different things. I'm already super scattered as it is, but this morning I had two cups of coffee. Normally I only have one, but that first cup tasted so good that I had to have a second one. Have you ever noticed when you do that, that one or the other cup just doesn't taste as good? I do add cream to my coffee and that's it. I don't like sugar. I use non-dairy creamer, but... I haven't figured out exactly what the ratio of coffee to cream should be. And that's okay. I just pour it out of the container. I don't get measuring cups and that sort of thing. But maybe I should. Maybe I should go, okay, well, is it one tablespoon? Is it two tablespoons? Anyway, it's not that important. But I did have two cups of coffee. And, you know, we have one of these single serve So uh, just to give you an idea of how big these cups are, we have those single serve coffee makers that use the pods. And when we first got it, we were super excited about it and we bought a bazillion pods. We got this big jar, put it right next to the coffee pot. And you tend to go through those really fast because it's so convenient. You know, you just grab a pod, throw it in there, lower the lid and hit a button and you've got a cup of coffee. I know they've been around for a long time, so it's not it's not anything new. But what we realized is it's a lot of plastic and it's not environmentally friendly. So we got reusable pods and I've got four of them. We keep them in a little box. We just fill them up. They stay sealed, close up that box just so that they don't inadvertently open up and get oxidized or whatever it is and makes your coffee taste not as good. And that's what we do. And then I've got, get this, it was maybe two years ago that I got a new Vitamix blender. 
and it's probably hands down the most used appliance in my kitchen. Okay, wait, after the coffee maker. So if I'm baking, I'm gonna say if I'm baking or actually going out of my way to make something from scratch, that's probably my most used appliance. So when you buy a Vitamix, you earn points. And I'd already had some points, I earned more points on my account. And then you can use those points to towards discounts of other Vitamix products, right? And somebody had given me a gift card. So there was a sale and on that sale was a countertop composter. So I got it. And I love that too. But I just think it's hilarious. I bought an appliance to make dirt and I do use it. So what we started doing with the disposable pods was we started opening them up and uh, you get this aluminum lid. So we would remove that and then we would dump all of the grounds out and those went into the compost. And then there's actually a little filter in there, a little kind of like fabric-like or very fibrous paper on the inside. And then there's the plastic casing itself. So we would separate all of those components, compost, post what we could. So now with the reusable filters, we just tap out the grounds, put those in the composter, rinse out the filter and reuse it. With the composter itself, we throw all kinds of stuff in there. And I know I'm talking a lot about kitchen stuff here. But with composters, they're all designed to compost scraps, right? Food scraps. But I noticed some of the ads are saying you could throw plastic in there, you could throw meat products in there. All of those things will kill your plants. So if you use your composter to compost non-vegetative matter, I would suggest doing a round of vegetative matter only or flowers, you know, like instead of throwing your flowers out, not all of them, you know, it starts to get really kind of technical of what you can put in there, but you will know because it'll just stop working. <laughs> so it's, maybe it's not that technical, but you can compost flowers, strawberry hulls and fruit that's starting to mold, scraps from your vegetables, coffee grounds, eggshells, that sort of thing. You could do one round of that. And then you could do another round of stuff that is just not going to go around your plants, but it's going to go into your compostable bin that gets picked up on a weekly basis. And now instead of sending out a ton of plastic, you've reduced it down to a much smaller size. Although plastic is a huge problem, right? It doesn't completely deteriorate and I don't know what the science is on reducing it to those smaller amounts like is it going to end up in storm drains and have more microplastics in the oceans that sort of thing I think that is one of the big problems of our lifetime is what to do with all of this plastic but then just to stay on track here um, I had mentioned the meat products. You can't really grind up the plastic in the meat products. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't put any of that stuff in my composter because my goal for my composter is to be able to create compost for my plants. So I'm making sure I'm putting healthy plant-friendly products in there. Um, it doesn't create as much final product as I thought. So you fill it up and there's, there's a way that you 
put things in there. Like you can't put banana peels, pineapple peels. They kind of caution against putting citrus fruit in there. Woody items. So now we're talking about some of those flowers. Like you wouldn't want to put something like a proteus in there. But the way it works is it starts to churn it a little bit. And then it goes into this heating cycle and makes everything in there really crispy, super dry. It removes as much moisture as possible. And then it starts churning again. And it's the funniest thing because I forget that I've turned it on. And all of a sudden, I start hearing these sounds. I'm like, God, are there poltergeists in the walls? And it'll take me a second to realize that the composting machine is doing its thing. And it literally sounds like a digestion cycle. You know how sometimes your stomach will out of the blue be like, and you're like, oh my God, there goes, you know, there goes my veggie burger, because our stomachs churn like that. And I just think it's funny, because it's like this mechanical stomach. And it does that for a long time. It takes about six hours. So you put in like a gallon size bag worth of scraps. And in the end, you end up with something that's a little bit more than a snack size bag, like somewhere between two thirds and three quarters of a sandwich size bag worth of composted material. So it's not a ton, like it really reduces it down a lot, but it is powdered gold for your plants. And so I've got a bucket that I dump those small amounts of compost into. Once it's full, I dump it on my plants and it's a great system. Anyway, all of that, just because I wanted to tell you that I had two cups of coffee this morning instead of one. Um, You know, the big thing that's happened, and I kind of wanted to really talk to you guys about this, which is one of the reasons why I decided to do another one of these episodes where I'm just talking, is this scratchy voice. But before I get into that, I want to put out a trigger warning. I am going to be talking about a friend who passed away And so please be aware that that will be coming up later in this episode. I also want to stress to always follow your doctor's orders. Everything that I talk about here in this episode is my personal medical experience. It is not meant to be used as advice or guidance in any way. Please, if you have a medical illness or condition, see your physician and follow your physician's instructions. And now back to the episode. If you've been listening to me since the beginning, you know that I have this scratchy voice going. And then I've talked about being really nasally. And of course, I've been sick a few times over the course of I'm going on two years, you guys of doing this. It's really super exciting. But I noticed in the last couple of months that I've been really tired. And that's decreased my ability to really focus and concentrate and really grasp on to concepts in my mind, you know, like I want to explain something and it's just kind of like floating in there kind of like this sea is just kind of bobbing words or thoughts or whatever around and I'm having a hard time bringing them together. It's not all day. It's not all the time. But I have noticed that and it's like really troubling, you know, and I think it happens to everybody. We get so busy. We have so much information and just constant stimulation and distractions. So I know that it's not unique 
but it was enough that I was noticing it. And just the exhaustion, just absolute fatigue. It didn't matter how much I slept. I was just really tired. And I had a really hard week. It was kind of like the planets all aligned to throw bricks at me. last week and the week before that it was it was just really tough and I was already exhausted so I mean part of it was probably this malaise and then part of it was probably stress and together that's just a recipe for wiping energy out and so you know when that happens you kind of start setting stuff aside because you don't have the energy to do it and I started thinking whoa, my throat is really scratchy. Physically, it was bothering me. I've got this little cough that I've developed that's kind of in my chest. And if I take a deep breath, I get this cough. And it's not associated really with anything else. But then I was having headaches. I noticed that I've been gaining some weight. And I'm really unhappy about that. I mean, we live in a society where that is a big deal, right? And it really shouldn't be. And that's another thing that just really bothers me that my worth should not be predicated on my weight. And that goes for everybody. Your worth should not be predicated on your weight but it's really hard to get away from that concept the way that we've set everything up in society, the way that the media presents things. Um, It's funny because we are watching, and I will get back to this, I I realize that I'm going off on a tangent here, but I will get back to the symptoms uh, that I was just explaining. But we have been watching Weeds, which is a TV series, started like in 2005, and it went through 2012. It's about a suburban mom who finds herself widowed. She's got two boys and she finds that selling pot is a really lucrative way to keep up their lifestyle. It was marketed as part comedy. So there's a lot of questionable behaviors and kind of annoying characters. And I'm not sure that they ever actually hit on comedy. It's much more of a drama, but it's really interesting for a bunch of reasons that um, before I even go into explaining this, (laughs) because now I'm going to talk about weeds. um, Let me just finish my point. We're watching weeds and everybody on there is freaking beautiful, right? Everybody's thin. Everybody has beautiful hair, beautiful skin. Their makeup is perfect. There is really not a single unattractive character unless they're purposely made to look unattractive. The bad guys are good looking. The good guys are good looking. There's really not that many good guys on this show. It is all about vice, but it's really noticeable now that we have entered a stage of body positivity. It's really noticeable. Kudos to them for having diversity, a lot of diversity on this show, but a lot of those characters are used as tropes to be able to bounce jokes off of. This is what happens when you look at old shows, right? You're like, oh my God, that's so racist. That's so homophobic. That's so sexist. But the cool thing about this show, you realize that the main character, Nancy Botwin, who is played by Mary Louise Parker, is the original Heisenberg. Like, she became a dealer for all of those who are Breaking Bad fans way before Walter White did. 
And it's nothing to be super proud about that a woman became this badass drug dealer. But a woman character is the one that set the stage for other series like this, like Breaking Bad, which to me is some of the best writing on television. I would not say the same about Weeds because they really hinged a lot of it on being part comedy. I don't think that there's enough realism in it where Breaking Bad gave me chills a lot of times and really made me question the morality of this anti-hero and the things that he was doing, Mr. White, Heisenberg, the one who knocks, right? And I am clearly questioning the morality of Nancy Botwin, but she is not getting into the same type of situations, which would, I think, in real life result in some serious, serious consequences to her. So there's not enough realism, but, you know, it's an old show. And um, I don't want to make a bigger deal out of it than it is. But you do notice everybody is beautiful. So you're subtly, subconsciously realizing that your worth, if you are to believe what the media presents, is predicated on your weight and what you look like on your looks, which is just wrong. But going back to all of these symptoms that I'm noticing, um, and there's a lot more. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, Years ago, I went on thyroid medication, and I was on it for a few years. I didn't feel different on it. I didn't feel different off of it. So I run out and I didn't renew it. I got really busy and this was 18 months to two years ago. I had just started the podcast around that time. It was maybe like late October, early November. You're just getting ready to go into the holiday season. So I was really super busy. And then I have another job in addition to this podcast. So I was doing a bunch of stuff and whatever else life has that it throws at you. And so for whatever reason, I didn't renew my prescription. And then so much time had passed between not renewing that prescription and the next time that I thought about it that I needed to make a doctor appointment to be able to renew it. And I didn't get around to doing that. And then when I finally had to go see the doctor, I completely had forgotten about this medication. So you know, this is kind of like the course that it takes out of sight, out of mind, and then they're gone. Poof, right? So all of a sudden, I start noticing all of these symptoms. And it dawned on me a couple of weeks ago, all of these symptoms clustered together are associated with having low thyroid so I called my doctor's office, had my blood test. (laughs) And it was funny. It was really funny. My doctor walks in, he's got this cap on his head, you know, like the surgery caps that are kind of like shower caps. Then he starts to tell me why he's wearing the shower cap. And he told me that by the time he was 30, he was about as bald as he is now. So you've got a picture of this. He's bald on top and he's got that ring of hair that comes down around lower, closer to his ears. And, you know, I think that hair loss in men is similar to that discomfort that women feel when they start gaining weight. So he was really unhappy with his baldness. And at some point, he decided to take a well-known drug for growing hair back. And he said that it started to grow some of his hair back. But about a year ago, his prescription ran out. And so he decided 
at that point, for whatever reason, that he was going to get some other generic brand. And he said about an inch to two inches of his hair fell out. And he was kicking himself because he could have made a different choice. He could have continued to use what was working, right? And so now he's back to what was working. He was applying it four times a day and he was wearing this surgery cap to protect the application area. And then he said, it's not working. It's not growing back. And I don't think that it ever will. And I asked him, does that make you feel sad? And he goes, no, not really, which is a great answer. And so he asked me why I was there. And I said, well, you know, a couple of years ago, 18 months ago, my prescription ran out for my thyroid medication and I just never renewed it. And he's like, he stops looking in the whole time he'd been looking at my chart. And he's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, the same reason you decided to stop using the stuff that was growing your hair. (laughs) And it was great that he told me that story right before he asked me that question, because I think we all do this. Like it, it really made me realize that this is just a universal response for a lot of people. You think, I don't need this anymore. I've been fine for so long. And I've heard a lot of people tell me that over the years, especially when I was a nutritionist, especially when I worked in medicine, Um, people would end up having some sort of cluster of symptoms like I've been having. And I would ask them a few questions and they'd go, oh, yeah, I used to take medicine for it. And then I stopped. I have a really sad story of a dear girlfriend of mine, Judy. We were such good friends. I loved this lady. She would walk into a room and it would light up. She just had that capacity about her. She had such a big, beautiful, generous personality. And we would have so much fun together. And on top of it all, let me just tell you, this lady was so fit. She could have competed in fitness competitions. I mean, she was that fit. She worked out every single day. And she looked amazing. She just had the cutest clothes. And again, going back to how our looks predicate our value. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with why she lit up a room because she turned heads. And then she had the opportunity to dictate how she was going to affect that room, which was always with great generosity. She really lived that saying, always be kinder than you need to be. And she was just a hoot on top of it all. So just an amazing human being all around. So you would never know that she was on blood pressure medication. And she kept telling me, you know, I have to take these stupid pills. It was always like a pain in the ass. And it is when you have to when you have been prescribed pills, it is a pain in the ass. I mean, somebody is telling you a trained physician, of course, that you have to do something and you have to do that something because your body has gotten old or has stopped functioning the way that it's supposed to. And most of us don't want somebody to tell us what to do. And whatever that medication is, is a reminder that somebody told us that we have to do something and that our body's not working the way that it should be. And we don't want to know that there's some failure within us, 
even though it is normal, even though we've gotten so advanced in medicine that we can now manage a lot of these things, we can actually have so much of a better quality of life just by taking the medication that our doctors have prescribed to us. But we don't want to because innately there's this sense that there's a failure within us. Like none of us wants to get old. So um, I think that there's a lot when you start to think critically about why we do the things that we do when we know that there are consequences to our actions, whether it's having a better quality of life or getting sick. You know, I mean, the choice is always ours. And I think that that's, you know, that's part of the conundrum. So you have Judy, who is the image of good health. And she's taking medication to keep her blood pressure at even keel. So if your blood pressure goes too high, you can have a stroke. She stopped taking her pills, I want to say in 1999. And at that time, the hypertension medications, like you literally could not cold turkey off of them. You would have this rebound effect on your blood pressure. And if you were off of them long enough, it would just shoot up. And there were some serious consequences that would arise from that. And in March of 2000, her blood pressure skyrocketed and there's not a lot of symptoms associated with it until you have the stroke and she had a massive stroke this incredibly lively beautiful person all of a sudden was incapacitated she passed away on march 25th of 2000 and the reason i remember that is that was sophia's original due date so that's been a big tragedy in my life and I should be using that as a reason of why I should not just stop my medication. I mean, there's big consequences. And really, my doctor should know better than to be switching up on medication without really doing some investigation. But we do that all the time. You know, when I was a practicing nutritionist, I would go to the market and I would read all of those boxes. My kids were the best ingredients readers. I remember one time Sophia wanted something and walked over to me. I don't know. They were like four and six. And Cameron takes it out of her hand and goes, there's hydrogenated oil in this. Mom's not going to let you have it. And he puts it back on the shelf. So we get really good at what we do. And then we get kind of complacent about it. And there would be times when I would find something in my cupboard at home that I would not have picked up at the market had I been on my game. So we want to believe that we're really good at taking care of ourselves, but we need the reminders. We need to be conscientious and mindful of what our goals are. And medication is one of those places that we have to be ultra vigilant, especially if it's to control a condition or an illness. Everything else, though, we need to just really cut ourselves some slack because it's hard to be on top of everything. So other stuff, if you aren't 100% on your game on them, big deal. But the medication, you know, just pay attention, like stay on top of it because your health is really important. You know, and that's when you notice it, right? When you're sick, all of a sudden it's like, ah, I need to take better care of myself. So my doctor tells me that my thyroid hormone levels are less than half, like way less than half of what is normal. I mean, they're very low right now. 
And that's kind of scary. You know, the doctor looked at me and he goes, I'm, I'm being serious with you. So people die from this. And that made an impact. And he goes, you're going to have to be on this forever. You cannot stop taking your thyroid medication because your thyroid is not making these hormones anymore. So some of the things that your thyroid is responsible for is one, your metabolism, temperature control. It's responsible for keeping things like your cholesterol and triglyceride levels even, joint pain, there's so much that your thyroid is responsible for. And just the, the fact that it controls so many metabolic functions within your body, not just your weight, but everything that's associated with your metabolism. That's why all of these metabolic functions were slowing down. That's why I felt so fatigued. Um, even my immune system was being affected and my vitamin D level was super low too. So it's really important for me to not ever talk myself into believing that I don't need to take a medication for it. And I felt like it was really important to talk about that because, like I said, so many times I've heard people say this. I mean, even my doctor told me that he stopped something that was working and opted for something different because he felt like it was working. And that is the point of being on these medications. They're supposed to work so well that you feel fine. So don't go off of them. If you feel fine, they're working. Conversely, if you've stopped taking your medications and you are feeling symptoms of something that you used to take a medication for, I, you know, I urge you to please go to your doctor, get checked out, have that lab work done, see what is out of whack, and then like follow your doctor's instructions so that you can live the healthiest life that you possibly can. It's so important. I cannot underscore this enough. So one of the things that I did to help me remember to take my medication is there's these apps that remind you to take your medicine. And they're really great. I'm not going to give the name of the one that I'm using because I've only been using it for a short time. But so far, it's been working great. You put the name of your medication in there and then the time or times, you know, depending on how often you need to take that med and an alarm goes off. And the cool thing is that if you sleep through it, so on the weekends, I do sleep later than I do during the week, it is on your screen. And then this particular app, I don't know if they're, they all function the same way, but when you check off that you've taken it, it'll ask you, did you take it at the prescribed time just now? Or do you want to put a precise time in of when you took it? It'll just track, you know, how frequently you're taking it, how often you're hitting the mark, because you really should take your medications at the same time every day, unless your doctor says otherwise, you know, always go with whatever your doctor tells you. But there is one funny thing about this app. The sound that it makes is the sound of you shaking pills in a bottle and if you don't expect it, <laughs> like it completely freaked us out the other day. It went off and it sounded like a rattlesnake. And we were like, what the heck is that noise? I need to figure out how to change that sound because it's a little too close to a rattlesnake. And my phone was actually on the floor. So it really came from a location where a snake would be. 
So stay on top of your health. As long as you've got those big things managed for in conjunction with your healthcare provider, you can improve your health then at that point with moderate exercise and eating more healthfully. I mean, like your health shouldn't be the primary thing that is driving your thoughts every day. And that's what happens (laughs) when you're not feeling good. We're only here for a short amount of time, you know, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but my feelings on it is that it should be as productive, as enjoyable, as meaningful as possible. And if I'm too tired and fatigued and just not feeling well to do that, and there is medication that can control for that, I should take advantage of that so that I can think of the things that are going to improve the quality of my life and the lives of other people in my life. Um, So please, please take care of yourself. This last week has been a huge lesson to me. And I'm probably going to replay this episode for myself any time that I look at my medication and go, yeah, you know what, I've been feeling fine. I don't think I need this because (laughs) it's been serious. I mean, it's just been really hard. And if I go back far enough, it's been super noticeable in the last couple of months, but it's been building up to it for quite a long time. And that didn't have to happen. So stay on top of your health, make the most of every day and spread kindness everywhere that you go. I'm going to be doing the same especially with my health. So hopefully pretty soon the scratchy voice will go away and it'll be smooth recordings from here on out. In the meantime, be sure to check out the show notes and keep sending me your questions and comments. I read all of them, even if I don't always respond. Please take a moment to rate this episode because your rating really does help move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming in the company of friends talks with you. So be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com all at the Queen Trail podcast. That's T-H-E-Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E podcast. I am Syl Annan, the Queen Trail, and until next time, I wish you passion, adventure, health, friendship, elegance, and beauty.